Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. You know, there are two things that every one of us in life is going to encounter. Uh, no matter who you are, no matter what you think your future looks like, how big your dreams are, or how small you even may think they are, the reality is there's two things every one of us is going to encounter, and that's opportunities and opposition. We started a series the week before last on grow and build. And I want to just enlarge that with you this morning and talk to you about becoming strong. We want to be more than a gym with all the latest uh, gear in it. We want to have people there that are saying, this is how you use that. Because you know, a lot of people get injured at the gym. They go there, they don't know how to use the equipment. No one ever instructs them or they don't ask to find out more and they actually end up straining a muscle that was not meant to be injured like it was. Well, I've seen people use the Word of God wrongly and strain something in their life. So we want to help you to become strong in a way that'll not just make you stronger, it'll make you healthy, all right? And so these two things, opportunities and opposition are going to come. The reality is that my dreams and my vision aren't a test for God. God is not sitting in heaven and you've got Him on the firing line. You've got Him in the dock, as it were. He's the accused and you're saying, let's see what you can do. But rather my dreams and my vision are a test for me. In Jeremiah chapter 12, Jeremiah has been complaining to God about the injustice and the difficulty in the world around about him. And in verse 5 of Jeremiah 12, this is a verse that has challenged my life for uh, many, many years. Whenever I've gone to God and said, God, it's too hard. Whenever I've felt like the load's too great. Whenever I've thought, Lord, you know, really, you're asking too much of me. This verse has been the one that has spoken to my life. Jeremiah 12 verse 5 says this. So Jeff, if you're worn out in the foot race with men, what makes you think you can race against horses. He's talking there about vision, about opportunity. He's saying if you can't handle what's in front of you now, how do you ever gonna be able to do the greater things that I have in store for you? And if you can't keep your wits during times of calm, what's going to happen when troubles break forth like the Jordan, that's the River Jordan, in flood? So he's talking in the first part about opportunity and the second part, he's talking about opposition. And he says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, right now, you don't have strength for the future, but the time to get strength for the future is not when it turns up, but it's now. We are all getting ready for the future that God has for us. God is preparing you and strengthening you for greater things. Jesus said, and these things shall you do and greater things shall you do. And so how many people can believe this morning with me? God, I'm in the gym of the Holy Spirit. I'm in your strength. Strengthening uh, uh, place, and you are building my life for something even greater. Don't look at where you are and go, God, if I can just get through this, my life will be okay. Oh, God, just help me survive. He's saying, That's not what this is about. I'm building your life for something far, far greater. I want to take you into larger things than you could have imagined. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that the eye hath not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man 
man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. And the next verse says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Amen. And God has got something great in store. Believe it or not, this is not just a great positive preach. This is the word of God for your life. God has got something great. And I don't know about you. I don't want to be stuck back in kindergarten. I want to be in not just the high school athletics. I want to be in the Olympics with God. I want my life to be able to carry something greater than any of my teachers thought I could, any than my family thought I could, any than my leadership when I was a new Christian thought I could. I want to carry more than what any of my friends think I can carry. I want the Holy Spirit to be poured out of my life in such a way that I don't just have a moment with God, but I carry something for His glory. Amen. If you're going to give the Lord a clap, give Him a good one. Amen. Let's give Him a good one. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you need to grow. You need to get stronger for the race that's set before you. In the book of Isaiah chapter 40, well, the young prophet Isaiah, and he's only a young man, he's got the same kind of feeling about life. Verse 27, Jacob, how can you say that the Lord does not see your troubles? Israel, how can you say that God ignores your rights? He's saying, God, what's going on? This is not a happy place. What's going on with the world is what Isaiah's asking. And in the middle of all that, God doesn't give him the latest conspiracy theory. He doesn't tell him about the latest thing that whoever the powers that be might be that people think are the powers. He begins to talk to Isaiah. Well, let's read it in verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. He starts saying to Isaiah, Isaiah, you've got to get stronger. What I've got planned for you will require strength. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, He neither faints. He says, listen, I know you do, but I don't. His understanding is unsearchable, is what he says. He gives power to the weak. How many people here are weak? How many people here are weaker than you want to be? My hand's up for that. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He's saying to Isaiah, again, I'm going to teach you about how to get strong, Isaiah. Now, you probably wouldn't understand this in the way that Isaiah did because Isaiah hears this from God in the Hebrew. And I'm not trying to be clever, nor am I trying to make the Bible sound complicated because neither of those would be true. But I want you to understand what Isaiah heard. Because he heard the Lord say this. He said, those who cover the Lord. He didn't think that meant waiting for God because the Hebrew word korvah means this. It means to entwine your life around like a vine entwines its life around a frame. So when Isaiah heard the Lord say this, he knew what God was saying was this to him. Isaiah, if you want to get stronger, You've got to begin to entwine your life around about me. 
Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew. He never heard as though the Uber guy was going to turn up with a fresh meal. He heard the Hebrew word, kolaf, which means to exchange. So what Isaiah heard was this, those who entwine their life or who bind their life around about the Lord, those who yield to God, those who become one with Him, they exchange their strength for His. That's what he heard. He said, thou mount up with wings like eagles, thou run and not be weary. Thou walk and they won't faint. That's who our life is meant to be. Those who bind their life around the Lord exchange their strength for the strength of God. Believe it or not today, listen to me. You can either do all the psychology bit, and I'm not against psychology per se, and do all the mental stuff that you can want to do to think positive or whatever. Or you can say, I'm weak, but God will give me strength. I've got no might, but God will give me power. Oh God, I don't have enough to be able to run the race. But if I will bind my life around about you, I'm exchanging my strength as pitiful and small as it may be. And in its place, I get yours. Listen to me, folks, that's the gospel. The, the, gospel is, the gospel is Christ in us, the hope of glory. The gospel is not us trying to get to heaven. The gospel is not you trying to show God that you're diligent and that you're faithful and that you're worthy. The gospel is Christ comes into our life. The gospel is Jesus comes and He begins to live His life through me. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you'll ask whatever you want, it'll be done unto you. He said, it doesn't come out of a theology or out of a doctrine. He said, it comes out of the place of becoming one with me. And I'm not talking about some metaphysical, you know, state of who knows what. I don't think it's that crazy. Here's three things that this vine, and I bought one here, obviously. Obviously, it's beautiful. I didn't raise this. This came from another family at the Garden Centre at Guildford. And I bought this because I wanted you to see something about Isaiah 40, 31. Those who bind their life around about the Lord exchange their strength. Three things that the vine gets from what it's wrapped around. Number one is we get strength. We take on the strength of what we yielded to. I asked the, well, I don't know if she was a horticulturalist. She just knew more about plants than I did. I said, tell me what happens to this vine if you unwrap it of this. She said, looking at me like I was an idiot, or at least what a dumb question. She says, it falls on the ground. just, I went, wow. I said, I'm just checking. I'm asking for a friend. This vine, according to the garden centre staff, if you unwrap it off the frame, it hasn't got the strength to stand by itself. But when you let it wrap itself around that frame, it takes on the strength of what it's yielded to. The vine on its own is weak. It can't rise. But attached to this, it, listen, attached to this, it can grow 
and you've perhaps all seen a vine attached to a wall. It's almost impossible to remove. If this, give this long enough, it will get so entwined about this, you'd never be able to unravel it. When you and I give ourselves to the Lord, when we yield to His framework in our life, we gain the strength of what we are yielded to. When I become somebody who's waiting on the Lord, binding my life around about Him. And I'll tell you in a few minutes how practical that is to do. You can do it every day. You can do it today. But when you do that, His strength and His grace makes up for your deficiencies. Did you get that? This vine, it doesn't need, it doesn't need a DNA transplant of, of, of timber into it and strength into it. It doesn't need that. What it needs to do is to get yielded to something stronger than it. In exactly the same way, we take on the strength of what we yield to. Secondly, is we take on the shape of what we've yielded to. This vine doesn't have the opportunity to become anything else other than the shape it's been put into. In exactly the same way, when you yield to Christ, we begin to take on the shape of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 says this, instead of this, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. The goal of God is that you end up looking like a little Jesus. Now you're not Jesus. As my, one of my grandchildren said to me once, when I was singing in the car, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. She looked at me from the back seat and she said, Granddad, you are not the Lord. <laughs> and she was right. But I can take on the shape of Jesus. Amen. Do you know what the church is? The church is just a whole lot of people that look like Jesus. That's what the church is. When we worship, we take it on the shape of Jesus who laid down His life. Isn't that what it's about? That's why here people can be one minute in the front line and then they're in the choir and nobody ever goes, don't you know, but I'm a front line singer. Why? Because they've taken on the shape of Jesus. Amen. I see people out there uh, as part of the host team cleaning the footpaths. And I remember last week looking and thinking, that one there's got staff. They would never do this in their workplace. That guy over there, he works in one of the higher levels of, uh, of the justice system. He'd never have to do that. But you know, when they come, they take on the shape of Jesus. And so it's nothing for them to be out there sweeping the driveway so when, or, or the footpath so when you come to church, you're not stepping over stuff. They take on the shape of Jesus. Amen. So when you go out there this morning and you get your coffee, none of those people out there are paid to do it. They're taking on the shape of Jesus who became a servant, who said, I lay down my life for the sake of others. Amen. That's the shape of Jesus in your life. We start to look like Him. We start to take on His attributes in our life. That's why the church is so powerful. Because number one, we've got His strength. So we never go anywhere going, are we good enough? 
We don't go up to the Kimberley and say, you know, do we have a better strategy? Do we have more resources? We go up there saying, by the strength of God, we go. Amen. That's where we go. Our secret source is the Holy Spirit, who is the strength of God. Amen. So we take on His strength. And secondly, we take on His shape. And that's why the church, you can kill the church and the church keeps flourishing. Why? Because we take on the spirit, sorry, the shape of Him who laid down His life for others. Powerful. Powerful. Here's the third thing. We not only take on His strength and we take on His shape, but we take on the spirit of whatever we're yielded to. You see, if this framework here was broken, then what the vine does would have a brokenness about it. If this here was rotting or decaying, then so eventually would become what this vine uh, is able to do. It also would not, it would lack something. We take on the spirit of whatever it is we yielded to. I want you to think about this because for so many people, the Holy Spirit is uh, an event in their life. I get baptised with the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, that happened to me 25 years ago, 10 years ago. But that's not it is what it, what it ever was about. Otherwise, the disciples would have built a shrine out of the upper room. I was thinking about this the other week. The disciples never went back to the upper room. Think about that a minute. We wouldn't. We'd have seminars in there. We'd run conferences, upper room conferences. Glory be to God. Come to the upper room. Come to Israel and get in the upper room. That's where it happened. That's where it happens. That's all I know. That's where it happened for me. That's the way it works. I'm just, and we try to make a formula out of God when He's the Spirit. Are you with me here? Too, too many Christians live within the boundaries of formulae. You know, I've got to be this, do this, stand up, sit down, genuflect. That's why when you come here, you know, every service is different, isn't it? There's a run sheet. It says worship. They sing those songs and stop. But I'm going, oh, no, come on. Oh, that's better than that. Amen. We didn't come here for four songs and go home. Amen. We're not speed dating Jesus. Huh? We're not speed dating Jesus. I liked them on Instagram. Huh? We're not speed dating Jesus. We're marrying Jesus. Amen? That's what the Bible says. We're the bride of Christ. Amen? He's not looking for a a fling. He's not looking to have a night with you. Some of you are looking like, I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound good. You're right, it doesn't sound good. And Jesus doesn't think much of it when that's the way we think. Like, you know, I give Jesus an hour on Sunday morning. Row out of there, Jeff. There's nothing good there for you, brother. I take on the spirit of what I'm yielded to. When I wait on the Lord, when I yield to Him consistently, the way I think and the way I respond and even the way I see things changes. Come on. Come on. This is like, this is the gospel. The gospel is not a self-improvement program. 
It's the Holy Spirit transformation program. And if He's not challenging something in your life right now, you're probably not listening. I remember saying to my pastor once, I must have been going through a deep time of, of change. And I looked at him and I said, Pastor, does the Holy Spirit ever declare you finished? Does He ever go, that's enough? And I'll never forget it. He was sitting at his desk and he let out the biggest sigh. And he said, no. He said, as soon as you think you've got it, he'll show you something else. <laughs> but you know, that's a good thing. Because I want to take on the spirit of Jesus. Don't you? I want to take on the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, we having the same spirit of faith. I want to have the same spirit. I don't want the miracles of Jesus to just be history. I want the miracles of Jesus to be my life. Amen. And they're never going to come about because I graduate with some theology that might be a part of the process, but it's going to come because I take on the spirit of Jesus. Amen. I want to take on the spirit of grace for others. Amen. I don't want to live my life cranky at everybody. Just saying, come on now. You've got to love me, even if it's only because you say, Jesus said, love your enemies. Because <laughs> the Bible says he's the spirit of grace. Amen. So I want to take on the spirit of grace. That's not the spirit of tolerance, by the way. They're different. Tolerance is where you hate it, but you put up with it. That's really what tolerance is nowadays. Tolerance is... We just wink and pretend. But that's not what it's about. The Spirit of grace is a power about it to bring change. Here's number three out of those things that the Spirit of is the Spirit of holiness. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit. Well, it's in His name, isn't it? He's not called the okay Spirit. Father, Son, and the okay Spirit. Some of you are looking at me like, you know, like, wow, what is this joint? This is church. But here we like to be open about it. You know what I mean? He's the Holy Spirit. So, you know, I remember when I first gave my life to Christ and all of a sudden where I just used to drop my, pardon me, but, you know, my, my trousers, I've got to be careful now because we're online. I was going to say pants and I realised if you're in the UK, that's very different. Um, but, you know, like your jeans, I'd just leave them on the ground where I got out of them because then I knew where they were in the morning. <laughs> if I'd finished with a piece of paper, I just went down the window and chucked it out. Because why should it be in my car? And, and then I gave my life to Jesus and I thought I was losing it because I felt like, I felt this prompting, pick up your, your trousers. And I'm going, oh, come on, God, you've got bigger things to worry about than this. You know, don't throw that paper out the window. I go, what? I actually went to my pastor. This trail went to my pastor. I said, I think I'm losing it. He said, why? I said, I, I, I feel prompted to hang up my trousers. I, I said, I can't chuck my rubbish out the window. And he looked at me and he goes, that's the Holy Spirit. And I went, Really? I thought the Holy Spirit was going to be a bit of shunder and a bit of, you know, here I come. 
How do you do this? Let me finish. Team can come. How do you do this? I'll tell you what I do. And I do this almost every day of my life. Lord, I come to you and I wait on you. I'm entwining my life around about you. I exchange my wisdom for yours. I exchange my strength for yours. I exchange my knowledge for yours. Lord, I give you all my abilities and I receive yours in their place. And I do that, I'd say almost every day of my life. It's just second nature. So there's so much of my life that didn't come out of any development, but came out of exchanging, waiting on Him, binding your life around about by twisting. Let me finish by saying this. The vine's only job is to hold on to what it's yielded to. That's all, it's the only job. Your job's not complicated, it's just hold on to Jesus. Let Jesus on the good days and the bad days. Just say, Lord, I give you my life and I'll follow you and I'll surrender to you. Can you imagine if the vine said, you know, I'm tired of this restriction. Fancy making me stay here and do this. I'm, I'm over this. The vine would just be something on the ground that got trodden on and never went very far. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. Will it happen overnight? Probably not because that vine never got like that because someone planted a seed or a cutting and they came back the next day and there it was. It's been wrapping together for a while. Come on, let's stand. We're going to sing, I love you, Lord, again. I love you, Lord. Come on, let it, let your life right now be saying to God, God, I'm yielding to you. I'm letting you come around about my life. I'm letting you come around about my life. I'm entwining my life around about you today, Lord. Just come on, just sing it to Him for a minute. Right where you are, you make this your response to God today. Lord, I'm yielding to you. I'm yielding to you. I'm going to gain your strength. I'm going to gain your shape and I'm going to gain your spirit.
Matt, I'm going to ask you to pray for people in this place today because I know there are some of you here and you're facing things and you're going, God, I don't have enough strength for that. Well, why don't you take this on board? And it's not always about a problem. God spoke to Jeremiah and said, it's not just about pressure from problems, it's about the pressure of opportunity. What if what God has for you is so great that your current strength is just not enough? Oh, I think that. And then you're either going to lean into God and twine your life around about Him or you'll just keep trying to do it out of yourself. Matt, would you just pray for everybody? Come on. Yes, Lord, let's pray. Jesus, we thank You that You are enough, Father. Lord, we build our life on Your rock, Father. Lord, we just pray for everyone in this room who feels like they may not have the strength. We declare that You are the strength, Jesus. Lord, that You are enough, Father. Would You come in a powerful way right now? Lord, feelings of doubt, feelings of unbelief. Lord, would You just come right now in a powerful way? Thank You, Lord, that You are speaking to them right now, Holy Spirit. Thank You. We cast out doubt in the mighty name of Jesus right now. Thank You, Father. I pray for for new vision, Lord. Lord, new dreams. Lord, dreams that have lied dormant, Father. Lord, I thank You that You are speaking to them right now and calling them to life right now through the power of Your Holy Spirit. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, we really appreciate Matt and Candice being here with us this week. And uh, thank you for last Sunday, and thank you for Friday, and thank you for yesterday, and thank you for today. And uh, I know Leanne was saying to me earlier, I said, how was yesterday? She said, it was amazing. And I thought, wow, okay, that's a big call there. Well, we want to pray for you guys. We appreciate your ministry. As I said before, you know, I, I never even said anything about the familial relationship last week because I thought, well, that's not why they're here. And I'm sure it won't be the last time they'll be here either to bless and to help. But come on, come together, both of you. Let's put our hands toward Matt and Candice. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for this couple. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you've done in them and what you're going to continue to do. You know, Matt, I felt the Lord say to me that, you know, you've known what it is to be hidden away. You've known what it is to take the lower place. You've known what it is to kind of allow other people to get the spotlight. And you've just been happy just to say, God, I'm here to serve you. And the Lord says, son, the day's coming when I'm going to take your voice. I'm going to take your words. And it won't just be about a song that you sing. It'll be about a release of the miraculous over people's lives. And it's going to happen. People are going to get healed. People are going to get delivered. People are going to get saved. And just while you are worshipping, while you're leading them, God's going to give you a song. You think the first song that you wrote, that one that went so spectacularly. God says, I've got songs in the storehouse you don't know anything about. I've got songs that I'm going to release through you to bless the body of Christ because there's a new hour and a new day coming on the church. And it's not like the former days. It's not like celebrities. It's not about the famous, but it is about the faithful. And son, you've been faithful. So I'm going to release that over your life and through your life in Jesus' name. And Candice, I see you just stepping more and more into that space of teaching and training people. People that are going, help me, help me. I don't know how to live. 
I don't know how to do it. You're going to speak to a generation that are so used to the media and and all the info that swirls around, but they don't know how to find truth. And truth is going to be the thing you're going to bring for people's lives. So Father, we thank you for them both. We bless them today in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you for praying. Amen. Uh, can we can we get you to sing that Lord's Prayer song again? I, mean, I know it's a change of key. But listen, you know, every time we have visiting ministry, uh, we always give people the opportunity to sow and to invest into their life. And, you know, I talked about this with the team. And uh, they all said the same thing. Well, actually, Bruce said to me, he said, if you don't, you'll be in trouble. He said, you know, someone will come and complain if you don't give people the opportunity to be a blessing. And you know the way we do it here. If, uh, if you're new to Metro, whenever we receive what we call a love offering, we give every part of it to the people that come to bless us. They get the whole lot. And uh, we just count it our joy to do more than say thank you and more than to give applause, but to actually be able to invest in a ministry that God is using. So you can do that on the app. You can do it on the website. You can do it by going to the Connect Hub. Someone will be there to help you. And uh, you can just say love offering or Matt and Candice or however you want to do it. Uh, and it'll be just our joy to be a blessing. Amen. Now they said to me, we don't want you to do that. And I said, too bad. Too bad. I said, this is the way we do life here at Metro. This is what we are about. We want to be a blessing. All right. So God bless you for that. Come on, before we go, I know time's already gone. And you can go if you've got to go while they're singing it. Or if you want to stay to the end for the big finale, <laughs> Tessie's going to hit that note. Look out. Look out. God bless you. Here we go. Come on, sing it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name.
on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, declare this as we go out today. On earth.